You're listening to the podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness from LVSportsNetwork.com, brought to you by Porta Subs. It's Unnecessary Roughness, presented by the Jewelers of Las Vegas. Well, let's see what the Raiders do here on second and goal from the half-yard line. Two tight ends, tight formation. O'Connell under center. They're lining up for the push. He gets it from there. Touchdown, Raiders! Aiden O'Connell's first touchdown is a rushing touchdown from less than a yard out. And they take the drive thanks to Josh Jacobs. And the rookie dives in for a half yard. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Here's your boy Q. Jason Horowitz on the call right there. Aiden O'Connell, the rookie, with his touchdown in his season debut. That's week four action against the Chargers. And uh, Aiden O'Connell, that was the one touchdown that he had on the day. Got a shout-out to him. Not a, a passing touchdown, but instead a, a rushing touchdown. little tush-push style. Uh, many teams around the league don't like it, but uh, it works. And if you can do it and you execute it correctly, you can get into the end zone. Or you can pick up a first down. If you don't, well, you'll probably turn the ball over. But uh, there you go. Aiden O'Connell with his touchdown on Sunday versus the Chargers. Will it be Jimmy G? Will it be Aiden O'Connell this upcoming Monday as the Green Bay Packers come to town? Monday night action, uh, primetime action at Allegiant Stadium. And we'll find out tomorrow. I'm sure we'll have a really good idea who the quarterback under center will be. I asked Coach McDaniels about that on Monday following the game. And he said as long as Jimmy G clears protocol, he'll be the guy. Well, as of right now, we have not heard that Jimmy G has passed protocol. I expect him to, but that's just my gut feeling. So that'll be the first question that we ask when we meet with Coach McDaniels tomorrow morning around 10 o'clock at the Intermountain Health Performance Center. This is Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. My man Ari's in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. I'm in the home studio. I like to call it Studio Q. And of course, it's all being brought to you by the Jewelers of Las Vegas. My folks, Mordecai and company, they do a fantastic job. If it's jewelry you need is jewelry they have. I'll tell you a lot more about them later on in the show, but excited about the show that we have lined up for you today on this Wednesday, and we traditionally turn the page from the last game, win or lose, we turn the page and start focusing on the next team, the next team up on the schedule, which is the Green Bay Packers coming to town for Monday Night Football. So that's what we're going to do, right? I know there's been a lot of anger and a lot of frustration going on as the Raiders are sitting there 1-3, and three, and, well, I mean, that's what it is. It's up to them to get out there and, uh, and get back into the win column and snap this three-game losing streak that they're on right now. And the only way to do that is to go out to Allegiant Stadium on Monday night on primetime action and have everyone go out there and watch you go and get a victory over the Green Bay Packers. So the guests that we have lined up for you today, coming up at 2.30, Mike Wall, former NFL offensive lineman. He's also the host of On My Block and Block Party Podcast, covers all things Green Bay Packers. He was a guy that played for the Green Bay Packers. He's a guy that talks about the Green Bay Packers. So he's going to join us at 2.30 to give us our first little taste test, and we'll do it throughout the week. We'll talk all things Packers throughout the week and see how they develop as far as injuries go. They're a team the last few weeks that have been very banged up, so we'll see how they continue to develop as far as getting healthy. Jair Alexander, that's a big one that I'm paying attention to. Uh, that would be a hell of a, a, a battle, right, between uh, Devontae Adams and Jair Alexander, two guys that are very familiar with each other from uh, Devontae's days back in Green Bay when they used to go up against each other in practice. I know they have a lot of respect for each other. That would be a, a hell of a battle uh, at Allegiant Stadium on Monday night as long as both guys are healthy. And, of course, Devontae is battling with his own 
uh, injuries as well as he left the, the game against the Chargers with a shoulder injury, did return, which lets you know all you need to know about Devontae. But you want these guys to be as healthy as possible as they square up with each other. So we'll talk to Mike Wall again, former NFL offensive lineman, longtime NFL offensive lineman, host of On My Block and Block Party podcast, all things Green Bay Packers coming up at 2.30 to get our first taste test of you know what's going down with the Green Bay Packers as they head to Allegiant Stadium at 2-2 two and two, while the Raiders are sitting there at 1-3. and three. At 3 o'clock, our good friend Adam Hill from the RJ and, of course, our sister station ESPN Las Vegas will join us to talk all things silver and black. And because the game is on Monday, uh, all the media sessions have been pushed back a day as far as the Raiders are concerned. So we'll be back out there at the facility tomorrow. As I mentioned, we'll meet with Josh McDaniels around 10 o'clock in the morning. Uh, you can hear that that uh, that that presser right here on Radio Nation Radio 920 following the morning tailgate. They'll have that right after their show is over at 10 o'clock. Clay Baker, Vinny Bonsignor, and Lindsey Brown, they'll have that for you so you can hear it right here on Radio Nation Radio 920, your one-stop shop. But Adam Hill will join us to talk all things silver and black. That's coming up at 3 o'clock, what he saw from being in the press box in L.A. to what he thinks that the Raiders need to do to stop the bleeding, you know, stop the hemorrhaging, which is a three-game losing streak. That's 3 o'clock. Then at 3.30, Shereen Williams, the Hall of Famer from Pro Football Talk, she'll join us to talk all things NFL. And, man, there's a lot of things going on in the NFL. and it's, it's wild that you think about the transactions that have happened today or are going to happen, and it has to do with the AFC West. J.C. Jackson, the big high-priced free agent that went over from New England to the Chargers, a guy that many people in Raider Nation, including myself, was hoping that the Raiders would land in free agency, signed a huge contract with the Chargers, and gave him basically nothing. The Chargers traded him back to the Patriots for pennies, uh, earlier today. So J.C. Jackson is headed back to New England. Unfortunately, the reason why New England ne- felt the need to go and get a cornerback is because the rookie Christian Gonzalez tore his labrum uh, on the, on Sunday and looks like he's going to be out for the rest of the season. And that's unfortunate. Christian Gonzalez has been playing really well. And that was one of the knocks on him. That was one of the things that uh, that, that everyone had talked about was that he was a little bit more banged up than people wanted him to be. You know, he wasn't quite as healthy as he was supposed to be, and now he's out with that torn labrum, and that stinks. Again, Christian Gonzalez is a hell of a player, and he was doing really well for the Patriots. He looks like he's going to be out for the season. So uh, so that's why they had to make the move to bring, bring J.C. Jackson back from the Chargers to New England. So that's one big move right there that was made in the AFC West. Also, Randy Gregory, a guy that signed a big-time contract, went over as a free agent from the Dallas Cowboys to the Denver Broncos. He's getting released, right? And he basically did a whole lot of nothing. He signed a five-year, $70 million deal. The Chargers gave him $20 million guaranteed. And uh, basically, he only played in 10 out of 21 possible games and had three total sacks. So if you're doing the math, and I'm not the best mathematician, that's about $9.3 million per sack. Per sack. And if you think about it, he really made about, you know, a million some, some odd change per game he played in. Right? I mean, just just absolutely ridiculous. Uh, again, he, he got almost $28 million to- total guaranteed uh, from the Broncos and did a whole lot of nothing. So uh, if you think about it, you think of all the high-ticket free agents, think about the Chandler Jones situation with the Raiders. He signed a big-time deal, right? Three years, $51 million. That didn't work out. So my conclusion is, if you're in the AFC West, don't sign somebody as a high-ticket free agent because it's not going to work out. It didn't work out with the Chargers and J.C. Jackson. It didn't work out with the Broncos and, and Randy Gregory. And it didn't work out with the Raiders and Chandler Jones. So it's just kind of crazy that all happens in the AFC West. But we'll talk 
all things NFL with Shereen Williams coming up at 3.30. Talk about the storylines. Talk about the first quarter of the season. And, uh, of course, the week five of the NFL season gets underway on Thursday night football. So we'll also turn our attention to, you know, moving forward and looking forward to these upcoming games. That's at 3.30. Then at 4 o'clock, our normal Wednesday guest, Paloma Villacana from Fox 5 Sports. She'll join us to talk all things UNLV. They won last week. They had the battle of uh, – uh, or they, they battled for the Golden Pineapple. They won that over Hawaii. They're on a bye this week, and then they'll go to Reno and, uh, and, and battle with their arch rivals here in, uh, in, in the state of Nevada. So that's going to be a hell of a battle. And right now, uh, Coach Odom's got UNLV cooking. Right, they've got four wins already. They're almost all the way to where they need to be to be bowl eligible. They're looking for six, and they have four. And there's a really good chance when they get back on the field and take on Reno that they're going to pick up number five. All right, I don't want to go too far ahead of myself, but there's a really good chance they'll pick up number five against Reno uh, coming up next week. So Paloma will join us to talk all things UNLV. The Aces as well as they get underway. They've got the finals coming up where it's the, the Aces and the Liberty, something that everyone anticipated, everybody wanted to see in the WNBA finals. That's coming up as well, so we'll talk to her about that. And we'll also throw in the nugget about what the Raiders did as far as giving a million-dollar donation to UNLV. They have the Al Davis room there now at the Fertitta Center on the campus of UNLV. So uh, Mark Davis was in attendance. Sandra Douglas Morgan was in attendance uh, yesterday, and they talked to all the folks there at UNLV and are very proud to donate a million dollars to UNLV and, again, have the Al Davis room now at the uh, on the campus at UNLV. So I thought that, that was pretty cool. So we'll talk to her about that as well. She was there in attendance. So uh, that's the lineup that we have for you. Mike Wall, former NFL offensive lineman at 2.30, talking all things Packers. Adam Hill from the RJ, talking all things Raiders at 3. Shereen Williams, all things NFL, 3.30. Paloma Villacana will close out our guest schedule, talking all things UNLV, Aces, and the Raiders donating a million dollars to the UNLV program. Of course, in between time, uh, we'll definitely be hearing from you at 702-365-9200 and the don'tbebroke.com text line 69187, keyword R&R. Again, we're turning the page from the Chargers' loss to the Green Bay Packers and, and what's upcoming on Monday at Allegiant Stadium. But let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM is brought to you by Paul Padalaw. It's not about the injury. It's about the recovery. So with the transactions that happened today, I want to really kind of key in on one of them, and that's the Broncos releasing a Randy Gregory. Again, he signed a five-year, $70 million deal. Uh, he's now going to be a free agent. I've thrown the question out there, and it's just a question, and I would love to hear the response from you. Again, 702-365-9200. Do you think the Raiders should pick up the phone and call when he becomes a, a free agent officially and try to help fill that void that was left by Chandler Jones, who obviously never showed up to the table? Now, look. I'll tell you right now off top, Randy Gregory did not do a whole lot of anything in Denver. So I don't want it to make it seem like this is going to be some big-time pass rusher. But I do know that GMs and front offices around the league are going to, you know, exhaust all efforts to, you know, at least kick the tires on a player and see what the player could possibly be, potentially bring them in. Because really, it's very rare that you're going to find a pass rusher that's available at this stage of the game that has some skins on the wall. And, and that should tell you all you need to know about Randy Gregory. I mean, you're not getting, you know, some Hall of Famer all of a sudden that just became available. But you're getting a, a, a guy that has had uh, success at getting after the quarterback in the NFL. I never thought that Denver was a good fit for him, the way that he likes to rush the passer. And you know what? Maybe the Raiders wouldn't be a good fit for him either. But I throw the question out there. Do you think the Raiders should at least pick up the phone, give you know his agent a call, and just kick the tires to see 
what he has in store, maybe what's left in the tank. Again, what he did in the time that he signed with the Broncos, he only played in 10 out of 21 games. He only had three total sacks, and he basically made $28 million for that. Again, not a whole lot of production at all, but we know that Max Crosby needs, a, needs help, and so, so far nobody has stepped up. And I know Tyree Wilson was drafted to step up and be that guy, but he also was drafted to bring along slowly and, and let him work his way back into football shape and learn how to be an NFL player. So he's kind of doing more now than he was expected to do. So, again, just throwing it out there, I'm not suggesting it because, honestly, I, I don't know what Randy Gregory has left in the tank. I know when he was a cowboy, I thought that he had a little something, something. Now, he couldn't stay off the weed. Well, now they don't have to worry about testing for weed, so he's good, right? <laughs> it's funny, he went to Colorado, right? <laughs> and so uh, you'd think that he would be in hog's heaven then because that was his thing. But for him, the biggest issue he had in Denver, I didn't think it was a good fit, but he also wasn't available. Ten games out of 21, I mean, he had a knee injury. It just it's, the availability is not there. So, again, just throwing it out there, not suggesting it, not pounding the table for it. Want to make sure I'm perfectly clear here. Want to know what your thoughts on it, since it is a guy that can get after the quarterback that is now available. 702-365-9200, the WBroke.com text line is 69187, keyword r Let's start things off with Passionate Raider. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind? What's up, Q? Good afternoon, man. Okay, to your question. I think we saw a couple weeks ago when the Raiders played Denver, didn't Randy Gregory tweet something out about how the playing the Raiders pisses him off because of Mark Davis's haircut? Yeah, so yep. I don't think I don't think that might not be a good fit. Mark might pass on that, but but going into the game this, this this Monday night, man at home, Q, we have been known for letting quarterbacks come in, no namers, first timers, first gamers, first starters to come in and have the best game of their career against the Raiders. Now, now here we are again, going home. Green Bay is going to be there loud and proud at home again. And, and, and you're right. The defense is not getting help on the other side, you know. We see all the stuff about talking Max getting traded and blah, 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 and people saying that he'd be better on another team, you know. And I'm not all against that either because, I, I, I mean, he's got, he, he, he's got a lot of talent. He's not getting no help because his motor is going all the time, and it's not translating into wins. So, you know, whatever has to happen at the trade deadline, I mean, if we go on a three-game winning streak, which, Q, I honestly don't want us to. I just, I just don't really want us to because I just I just think that this project is scrapped right now. But if we do, you know, we're always hollering, we're always wanting to win, but it's just I don't know if this is what's going to take to get this franchise turned around and, and, and get these Well, let me ask you this real quick. Let me ask you this. Let me, let me go ahead and ask you this. The franchise has restarted how many times? Every time, every time they've hit the reset button, has it worked out? Nope. Uh, then I, I don't think that another hard reset would is going to make it that much better. Well, maybe this is what I think, Q. Maybe this time, Mark has seen that Dibble and Dabble and everybody else's past past uh, 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 accolades aren't always going to work at the ne- on another team. You're not always going to have the same guys. You're not always going to have a team that gelled like they did with Rich when we all came together and went on that miraculous four game at the end of the year and did what we did, you know, those guys were bonded and and, and you just can't throw players in there like that. So if this does have to get broke up, Q, I just really hope Mark will just, 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 just find a young, young, motivated coach, whatever we have to do, load up with these draft picks and do what we do and just do it the right way that we have not all these times. Like you just asked me that we've done resets. We've never did it the right way, Q. 
and that's why we keep doing around this merry-go-round because it hasn't been done the right way. So, you know, I was watching Jim Rohn today and a bunch of other stuff, and it's just depressing that this is what we have to deal with, man. So, All right, thank you for the call. appreciate you. And, look, I, I get it, but I don't know what the right way is, right? I don't, I don't see – I don't – look in the book and say, okay, here's the definition of the right way. Go do it this way. I feel like the Raiders have done multiple attempts at at trying to restructure this. Going back to, you know, when Gruden traded Mac, right? Go and get a bunch of draft picks. Go and get a bunch of young talent. Go get those foundational pieces, right? That's what we were told, foundational pieces. They had three first-round picks. They had all that talent, and they didn't hit the right pieces. Then, you know, you have Basaccia, you know, carrying the torch at the end of the, the season when, when Gruden, you know, is removed from the spot. They make the playoffs. And, you know, that, that team, depending on what you're, you, how you look at it, you know, either that was a really good team that made the playoffs or that was a team that got hot at the right time and made the playoffs. But the way it was looked at was that team is not good enough to compete consistently. Okay, so a new staff comes in, and they go out and make a big move for a big-time player like Devontae Adams and bring in Chandler Jones. All right, going to build off what they did last year and compete in the AFC West. Until they didn't. And then it's like, okay, well, hold on. Now I'm going to get into the draft and, you know, get a bunch of young guys and build it the right way. Like, I don't know what the definition of. Like, what, what is the definition of the right way? Right? I feel like that there's, you know, we, we could look around the league and see teams like San Francisco who goes into the draft and gets a bunch of players and they fit with what they want to do and it goes. Some teams you see them try to build through free agency. I don't think that that ever works very well. It's just, I mean, again, like, is there really a right way to do things? I don't know, and I'm, I'm not asking that as a smartass. I'm saying that, like, honestly, is there a way to do it where you can all agree that that is the right way? I don't, I don't know the answer to that. So that's why it's hard for me to co-sign and say, yeah, they haven't done it the right way because I feel like they've tried to do it the right way. They just haven't had the right parts. They haven't selected the right players to do it the right way. But then again, maybe the right way that I'm looking at it, maybe that's not really the right way. I got a text from Raider Chavez in the 916 talking about Randy Gregory. If the price is right, I don't at all think it would hurt to bring in Gregory to play on the other side of Crosby. That's Raider Chavez in 916. And it's funny because Pastor Raider brought up, you know, him talking about Mark Davis's haircut. And he was. And he said that's the reason why he hated hated the Raiders is because of Mark Davis's haircut. Look, if this staff, if, if you're letting your staff run the football side of things, and if this guy, if Patrick Graham goes to Dave Ziegler and says, I need that guy, I know exactly how I could use him, and he could play across from Max, and he could thrive, then haircut be damned. Then whatever conversation, if, if you don't bring someone in because you're holding a grudge of what they said over your haircut, then that's a problem, right? You, you can't allow something personal like that to get in the way of business if that's a good fit for your team. And I'm not saying he's a good fit for the team, but if because he were to say something about the man's haircut – they also decide, yeah, he's off, he's off the, the board. That's bad business. Now, if they say, hey, this guy you know, has a history of domestic violence, he's not going to be part of my team, that's a, different, that's a different ball game, right? Because domestic violence is, is something serious. A haircut is just a jab at somebody, right? But if there's legal issues or, or a, a, a reason, a moral reason why you say that this guy can't be a part of your team, I get that. I fully respect that. That's your wishes. But if, if, if Patrick Graham and company think that this dude can actually thrive on, in their defensive scheme and can help Max Crosby, because right about now I would throw anybody on the other side that could help Max Crosby. Hell, if Ari could help Max Crosby out, we'd throw him out there. And we know he ain't worth the salt at anything. Nothing athletic, at least. I mean, he's good at a lot of things, but nothing athletic. But, I mean, in reality, if anyone could help him, you have to, you have to think about that at this stage of the game. Shields up. You're up next. What's on your mind? Welcome to the show. How's it going, Q? 
Oh, good, man. Real good. Good. Negative on Randy Gregory. And okay. I'll, I'll, I'll be quick. Um, if, listen, again, you're right. If a haircut bothers you, <laughs> what's going to happen on the football field? Right. Um, so, now, I'm, I'm telling you, man, I think, I, said, I think Malcolm Kuntz is making strides and he's making an impact. And I think in the last game, uh, Tyree Wilson is starting to get a push through. So I think we stick with the young guys, and I think they're okay. going to come through. And, and, and the middle of the line has gotten in there. Jenkins is starting to flash. So I don't think we should tinker with that. Okay. Um, and uh, 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 the other thing about uh, uh, what uh, passionate uh, uh, Raider was talking about, I mean, you, you just got to listen. Sometimes it takes time, okay? Production takes time. And I got a feeling – well, whatever way this goes, they're going to give McDaniels another year. They are. Um, I agree. I mean, the guy in Detroit, what was his name? The coach, the tight end, the, the, the good tight end. He played in football. I'm, I forget his name, the coach. Of, of um, the Lions right now, Dan Campbell? Dan Campbell. Yeah. Yeah, I think he got three. I mean, they were ready to, <laughs> to run right. him out of town. Right. And all of a sudden, poof, yep. he got some more draft picks. He got, he's got a little bit of this and everything else, and it all turns around. You know, we do. Again, it just might not be a popular statement, but we I think we gotta be patient, man. Okay. And 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 just hang in there. And as always, taking my call, man. Shields up. Let's go. Appreciate you, appreciate you. Good stuff. And that's why I asked the question, right? Uh he said no to uh Randy Gregory and the reason why he said the young guys he feels like it's coming through. And that's fine, right? Because I know in my heart of hearts, I know what Dave Ziegler and company want to do. They want those young guys to thrive. They want those young guys to be the heart and soul of the team. They really do. They want to fill a couple holes here and there with free agents. Problem is they expected to have Chandler Jones at the beginning of the season and they could bring, bring Tyree Wilson along slowly. Obviously that didn't happen. And so that's why I asked the question, would Randy Gregory be a guy that the Raiders should consider only because of that, that hole in the, in the defense that Max, like I said, hasn't had a guy solid across from him the whole season. There's been flashes here and there, but for the most part it's Max Crosby and everybody else. Uh, Hardcore Raider, you're up next. What's on your mind? Thank you. Uh, I want to answer your question, but uh, I wanted to kind of touch on something real quick. Okay. Now, I, I, I know you've been a huge proponent of Josh Jacobs, and I have as well. There was a lot of people in Raider Nation that said he wasn't a dual-threat running back. And I know the running game hasn't been there, but uh, I believe he's definitely shown this year and even last year that he can uh, you know catch the ball and that he mm-hmm. is a dual-threat running back. Mm-hmm. So uh, I know you weren't spitting any of that out, but other people were. And so I just want to put that to rest, that Josh Jacobs is, in fact, a dual-threat running back going back to his days at Alabama. Uh, as far as Randy Gregory, look, I think the guy has potential, and he's got stuff like he's probably got a lot left in the tank. I just think he might be a problem-type player, and with some of the other issues that the Raiders have dealt with, it, like it would take a certain type of coach to be able to handle some of the antics and some of the stuff that's going to come along with Randy Gregory. I think he's a good player, but I think with McDaniels and kind of the direction they've shown with some of the people they brought on or people they've gotten rid of that they're not probably willing to explore that right now. And, you know, I've, I've been critical of Josh McDaniels, but that does not mean I want to hit the reset button. Like for me, I just want him to step up to the plate, learn what it means to be a Raider and start developing into like, like that type of coach that is needed for the Raiders to have success. And I think he can do it. I'm not giving up on him as frustrated as I am at times. Uh, I, I just think that, you know, they got to get it together. You know, going into this game, I want to see Jacobs get a receiving touchdown. He has yeah, not got too. a receiving touchdown in his career. So, please, please get J- 
Jacobs and Michael Mayer uh, a touchdown, that'd be nice in this game. So appreciate it, man. Keep up the good work. Hey, I like it. I like it. Good call. Yeah, I'd love to see Josh Jacobs. He almost got one. Almost there, right? Almost got one on Sunday versus the Chargers. I would have loved to see that. Thanks for the call. I do appreciate you. Uh, Bruce, hit us up on Twitter, at r and r 920 am at Ari Produces, at your boy Q254. If he can go get the quarterback, the hell with that haircut. Bring him in. Talking about Randy Gregory. Will hit us up on Twitter. Hey, Q, how about bringing Mac back? I was saying that I was saying that when he was on the house in Chicago, when they knew that they were going to be making moves. I was like, man, that would be kind of cool. Right? Again, I just think that they need a, a solid bookend across from Max Crosby. And we all think that, right? I mean, that's what we've been talking about for a long time. And hopefully at some point Tyree Wilson could be that guy consistently. Just hasn't happened yet. One more quick text uh, or t- uh, tweet. Talk James uh, said, Q, agree there's clearly no right way to build a team. When callers talk about bringing in a young coach because that's the way, they have obviously forgotten the Lane Kiffin and Dennis Allen years. Al used to hire young head coaches all the time, and here we are. Let's go out to the phone lines really quick. Talk to our guy, Raider X. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind? Hey, good afternoon, sir. Hey, how you uh, doing? Just, uh, just want to note, yeah, no, no, Gregory. And okay. I, I do agree with what Shields up said. You know, the youth is starting to come through. I'm a little disappointed on uh, Silvera. It looked like he got hurt. Uh, he looked like he was starting to put a spark in the middle there. But I do like the, the increase. And if we're even considering Gregory, what happened to um, Malik Reed? Uh, he could have been a little bit of juice coming off that corner, coming off yeah. that corner there. I was excited about the pickup. Yeah, he's he's still there. He just, I mean, he was put on the practice squad, so he's got to get up to speed. So that's that's yeah. all. He's there. And then the other the other thing, I agree. There shouldn't be no damn reset. Um, you know, we're tired of the reset. But sometimes when you get into a, a master plan, you're bringing in a a new GM and a new coach. Sometimes you know that that plan needs a little tweaking. Maybe assignments need to be changed, or you know, uh, spread out the wealth of maybe the, the offensive you know play calling, or just change up a few little tweaks here and there. But um, you know, just to change that whole philosophy again. That means you got a whole new drafting philosophy and personnel philosophy, and that'll set you back another three to four years. And oh, man, I can't take that more anymore. All right. Um, you know, uh, I think we just got to bear it, you know, and really give it a, a chance. And sometimes you got to go, you know, you got to get to the rough spot. Like I tell people, you know, I'm so smooth because my grind is hard, you know. So, uh, you know, that's, that's how you got to do it. Sometimes you got to go through that grind, and then I... you get a little smoother, and it smoothens out, you know, and you got to make it happen. Right, right. Great call. Great call. Thanks. It's great to hear from you, my man. And, yeah, I couldn't go through a three-, four-year rebuild, right? I don't think that uh, – I don't think Raider Nation would allow me to get through that. I wake up with some uh, interesting tweets every morning, so I don't think I could survive another three to four years. I might take myself out back and uh, and, and, and send me to the glue factory, if you know what I mean. <laughs> right? I, I don't think I'd be able to handle that. But uh, thank you for the call. I do appreciate you. You know, the one thing you mentioned, Nesta Jade Silvera, um, you know, and, and, and he did look like he got banged up. He also looked like he could have severely injured Max Crosby when he dove and dove tried to over or try to dive over Max and landed on his ankle. That was all bad. And Max even looked at him like, what the hell are you doing? Hey, look, man, Jonathan Abram was friendly fire all the time. Don't be friendly fire, and especially not with 98. The Raiders need 98 all they can get. 69187 keyword R&R. Let us know your thoughts. Thinking about uh, Randy Gregory and the fact that he's being released. Is it a guy that Dave Ziegler and company should at least pick up the phone, call, and see what it would take to potentially bring him in as, well, the Raiders are still looking for a, a, an edge rusher across from Max Crosby. Again, 69187 keyword R&R. Mike Wall, former NFL offensive lineman, uh, host of On the Block, On My Block, and Block Party Podcast, will join us next to talk all things Packers. It's Radio 920. 
That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Brought to you by Paul Padala. It's not about the injury. It's about the recovery. This podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness on LVSportsNetwork.com is brought to you by Porta Subs. Make sure you check out Porta Subs' six-foot party trays. They're perfect for game days. You'll get your choice of three made-to-order classic subs made with premium meats and cheese on your choice of fresh-baked bread, loaded with fresh veggies, toppings, and sauces. Game day six-foot trays serve 12 to 16 people, so you can sit back and enjoy the game. Available at all Las Vegas-area Porta Subs, neighborhood sandwich shops, order ahead at portasubs.com. I think every time I've gone against Green Bay or been, you know, and I used to work there for a long time ago, but they're always willing blockers. There's a level of toughness that comes into play, so it, it presents a lot of challenges. The combination of the run game, the pass game, off the run game, and just how they challenge your rules and your, and your eyes throughout the um, duration of the game. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. You heard Raiders defensive coordinator Patrick Graham right there talking about preparing for the Green Bay Packers, talking about his time with Green Bay, which is back in 2018, I do believe. So uh, there he is talking about what Green Bay does really well, especially their blockers, as obviously they're coming to Allegiant Stadium and taking on the Raiders Monday night football, closing out week five of the NFL season. Join us now on the phone lines here on Unnecessary Roughness on Radio 920. His former NFL offensive lineman, Mike Wall, who played for the Green Bay Packers. He's also host of On My Block and Block Party Podcast, part of the Believe Podcast Network. And, Mike, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. Did you ever have any interactions with Patrick Graham? I know you were retired uh, well before he was there, but, I mean, just being around the team, did you ever kind of run across Patrick Graham? You know, I, I want to say yes, but I can't remember. I can't remember that, if that's true or not. So I'm, I'm going to go ahead and stick with no. <laughs> Safe. I'm okay with that. I have no problem with that at all. So, uh, Mike, obviously the big question when it comes to the Green Bay Packers is the quarterback, the QB position with Jordan Love. Mm-hmm. What have you seen through four games? I know it's a small sample size. Uh, you know, one way or the other, if this guy could be the, the franchise guy that the team builds around long term. Yeah, I think the hard part is just everyone's got a short memory about you know, having Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre before that. You have 30 years of Hall of Fame play, and you're comparing this guy probably unfairly to the people that walked in, in, his, in those uh, walked into that locker room before him. So Jordan Love right now is is he's playing like a, a guy who started for his first his first full season, and he certainly has some you know some good stats, some good numbers. But you know we're two and two. Uh, the passing game is uh, not electric by any means. I don't know if that's because we need to give him more, you know, a bigger bite of the uh, of the apple, or he needs to. We need to get that completion percentage up. Um, but we're really not functioning very well as an offense right now. Um, and certainly, when you look at the quarterback position and some of the things that maybe we're limited in doing that we haven't been limited for the last thirty years, as far as on the line checks and things that. You know, guys like Devontae Adams kind of made famous with Aaron Rodgers. Like, we don't have that in our back pocket right now. So we're kind of, I think, from a coaching perspective and a player's perspective, we're trying to piece this thing together you know, with a young quarterback and first and second year wide receivers. The last thing we saw from Green Bay was that Thursday night football game against the Lions, and that offensive line was getting beat up by, by Detroit. How much of Jordan Love and the offensive struggles are because the offensive line is not quite as healthy as it needs to be and just haven't given mm-hmm. Jordan Love the time that they need to have? You know, that's interesting. So I think from the, if you were talking, just talking about the running game, I would agree with you. I think the running game, they absolutely got manhandled. 
Mm-hmm. And in, in, in certain situations, the passing game, unless you hold the ball for too long, you're going to get hit in this league. There's just too many good players. And we could right. certainly play better up front. I, I wouldn't suggest anything less than that. And leave, you know, Bakhtiari being out now for what looks like the entire season is a huge blow to the Green Bay offense. He's definitely the best player that we have on that side of the football. But Jordan Love is going to get better at processing information. He's going to get on the same page as his receivers. His receivers are going to grow up hopefully quickly because they're first and second year guys. And we got incredible talent in the receiver room. We have incredible talent in the tight end room. And we have veteran talent in the running back room. But we're just not on the same page right now. I think that's obvious for anybody who's watching the tape. And Jordan's going to process this stuff faster. He's going to play better. Uh, I think a lot of the sacks that you're seeing, the ball, those are throwaway balls. Maybe, maybe you. You know, you're you're starting your your reads left to right. Maybe you should go right to left on a couple of those. Some pre-snap stuff could be better. So I think it's a combination of everything. It's not just that offensive line. How much did that big gap, though? I mean, they played on Thursday night. They're not playing again until mm-hmm. Monday night, even though it's on the road in, in Las Vegas. How much of that big gap is going to help that team in general, not just the O-line, but everyone kind of get healthy for this game five or this week five game? Yeah, good question. So it, it depends on how they use it. Be, from a health standpoint, certainly getting some guys back. Elton Jenkins going to be back. Jared Alexander looks to be back. So those are big-time players for us. I think mm-hmm. that's, a, that's a huge deal. But are we using that time to improve on some of the things that are, that are making us falter during games? Right. And one of the questions that's come up, I think, over the last couple of years, even when they were going 13-3 with Aaron Rodgers, this Matt LaFleur offense, or Matt LaFleur uh, organization, that led organization, is are we getting better in practice? Are we developing talent in practice? Are we, are we correcting mistakes in practice? We see a lot with this team that they make the same, the common errors or the common themes that, that run through years of, of play now, years of sample size, really haven't changed. And so are we going to become better tacklers? Are we going to be more precise in our route running? Are we going to be better at the line communicators? Are we going to be better on special teams? Like these things we can correct a lot of this stuff in practice if we go out and work at it. It's just a question of how much better can we get in that amount of time and are they willing to put the time in? Again, we're talking with Mike Wall, former NFL offensive lineman, longtime NFL offensive lineman here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. Of course, the Packers are coming to town to take on the Raiders. Week 5 action, Monday night football in prime time. Now, for the Raiders, they haven't been able to run the ball very well this season. The Packers haven't really been able to stop the run very well. What's got to give here? What's going on with the Packers, and why are they struggling to stop the run so far? Well, it seems like it's the same story every 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 year. We have now we have eight first rounders on defense. You know, I'm not Eric Stosis is going to be back, so we have eight first rounders on the on the starting defensive unit, or, or seven, and then including the obviously our, our first round draft pick, Lucas Van Ness out of Iowa this year with the 13th yeah. pick. We just aren't doing a very good job from a scheme point. I think a lot of guys are pointing to Joe Barry, but when you watch this team, we don't necessarily take on blocks as well as we should, especially from the second level coming down. Um, our linebackers don't uh, don't attack uh, the a gap or the b gap. You know they don't attack holes or, or down, downhill blocks as, as as well as we could. We're not meeting guys at the line of scrimmage. We're not resetting the line of scrimmage except for you know we have some individual players. We have Rashawn Gary. We have Kenny Clark that individually can reset the line of scrimmage on any given play. But as a unit, we're just not you know, bringing the fight to the other team. So this is kind of the, this is one of those deals where it's a battle of weaknesses. And uh, last time we played, we played against the Saints, and they're you know in the missing Jamal Williams, Alvin Kamara was still out, and we did a pretty good job of limiting those guys in the rushing game. So we're hoping for another repeat performance of that. But you know if we're going to be honest, you guys have Josh Jacobs and obviously all those weapons on the outside. Uh, I watched a bunch of tape on the Raiders right you know today, and it it just seems like when you get your quarterback in there, they should be able to move the ball better than they currently are. 
Yeah, I agree. <laughs> 100%. I thought that the uh, offense for the Raiders was really going to be the strength of this team and hoping that the defense was going to be able to complement them, and it's been everything but that as of right now. But one guy on offense that's been shining, you know very well, Devontae Adams. You know, And I know you mentioned Jair Alexander coming back. Those two guys healthy, how much fun do you think that'll be seeing them go up against each other in a game as opposed to practice like it used to be? Yeah, it'll be interesting. We, you know, we've been Packers fans, the organization, Jair himself, everyone's been begging for Jair to be able to follow an elite receiver all over the field. Uh, we've done it once, I think, in the last two, two, three years, Minnesota Vikings game last season. They let him, they let him shadow, for the most part, Justin Jefferson, and he had, to, he had a great day against Justin. Justin was limited probably, I think, his lowest output of the season. Um, after torching us in, in week one. So everyone's talking about it. Everybody wants it to happen. You know, he, I think he, he shattered Terry McLaren uh, out of Washington a couple, two years ago as well. And, and he got beat up, you know, quite frankly, Terry beat him, beat him pretty badly in that game. But that's something that you'll live with as a Packers fan. You'll live with as, as a guy in that locker room because Jared's one of those guys. He's one of those dogs on your team. He's a team leader. He's somebody you rely on. And quite frankly, I don't think – you can stop Devontae. When you watch the tape, nobody's stopping Devontae Adams running soft zone, which is what we've been running. Shell defenses don't work against him. So if you're not trying to glove him up and then try to get to the quarterback and get the ball out of his hands quickly, like we know what Devontae Adams can do. The sample size for the Green Bay Packers fans is pretty large with Devontae. So I'm hoping they give uh, Jerry freedom to to follow him, and uh, we just try to heat up that quarterback a little bit and get the ball out of his hands, but Honestly, week to week, I don't think really anybody knows what we're going to see out of this defense, not because of the guys on the field necessarily, but because of the scheme they've been running. I'll tell you what, I knew how great Devontae was. Obviously, everyone does from a distance, but when you get to see him, as you very well know, up close and personal, man, you see how really stinking good Devontae Adams is. I mean, he has been such a pleasure to watch in the year and some change that he's been with the silver and black. And, you know, the Raiders uh, have a couple ex-Raiders that are there in Green Bay. Uh, Rich Basaccia, who led him to the playoffs a couple seasons ago, and Keyshawn mm-hmm. Nixon, right, a guy who played defense and special teams for the Raiders as well. Let's start with Keyshawn. What have you seen from him in the kick return game? Because he wasn't used like that with the Raiders, but, man, he's been shining in Green Bay in that role. Yeah, it's, it, again, this is another kind of head scratch for this year. Uh, you know, Rich Basaccia came in and Keyshawn came with him, and I don't think Rich had ever used him in that role when he was with, Oak, or with it was, uh, Las Vegas, excuse me, but right. Keyshawn came in about halfway through the season. And it was the shot in the arm that, you know, we didn't know that we needed. Uh, I think that the rankings for our, our special teams went from, you know, 28th, 29th in the league down to 20th. Uh, he was single-handedly changed the course of, I don't know, four or five games. Just an amazing addition to the team and, and just like this unlocking the superpower that nobody knew he had. Um, we haven't really seen it this year. And I don't know if that's uh, – I, I certainly he's, you know, getting a lot of extra time now on the defensive side of the football playing, playing our, our nickel slot with some of these injuries – but Keyshawn's been back there. Uh, he certainly has the, the ability to go the distance, whether it's been bad blocking, bad design, you know, bad execution, not mm-hmm. sure. But getting him past the 25, 30-yard line has just been a real chore this year. Uh, we're, we're hoping to change this, obviously, against the, uh, against the Raiders. What have you seen from Rich Basaccia as a special teams coordinator? He's a guy that Raider Nation just – they'll always have a, a warm spot in their heart for Rich. Yeah, you know that in that position, I think when you're the interim head coach, is like a backup quarterback, right? Yep. It's, just, it's everybody's favorite guy, and he certainly came in and exuded a lot of personality and confidence. I think when he got to Green Bay, you know, like I said, I was saying earlier that the, the Green Bay special teams was ranked, you know, bottom five in the league, I think, before Keyshawn Nixon showed up, and they weren't doing particularly well. Um, 
Keyshawn got there and, and everything changed. We got up to, you know, kind of mid or uh, sorry, late teens, maybe 20th, 20th ranked in, in the league last year. But this year, when you watch, we've had some uh, muffed, muffed punts. We've had some, some poor coverage. We've had some, um, we've, we've done a poor job blocking for Keyshawn Nixon. So, you know, you never know with the special teams uh, coordinator. You never know if they're getting enough time on the field. You never know if they're getting enough time in the practice room. You don't know what kind of priority that they've put in that position. And I can just tell you from watching this team over the last three seasons, up until Rich getting there, it felt like they weren't putting a huge priority on special teams or at least an equal priority that they did with offense and defense. And with Rich getting there, I think everybody assumed because of his cachet, because of his his history, that it was automatically going to kind of fix itself. And I, I still don't know if I'm being honest with you, if they've fundamentally changed how they go about business as far as the time and the, and the focus they invest on the special team side of the ball, because we're not seeing the dividends that we would, we would hope for. Good nugget. That's a real good nugget. That's why we have you on the show to find out information just like that. Again, Mike Wall, former NFL offensive lineman, is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920. We'll close out with this. Uh, for the Packers to come into Allegiant Stadium and get a victory on Monday Night Football, what do they have to do? What, what kind of execution do they have to have? What will be the priorities for them on Monday? Yeah, I'd say, you know, if we hold the – I got three things. They hold the Raiders to their season average in the run game. You keep Devontae Adams from having one of those signature games against an old team. And then, honestly, Max to me, Max Crosby might be the defensive player of the year right now. And so you watch him against the Chargers, and I know, the, I know Mac had, you know, six sacks. You watch Max Crosby, he's in on every play. I mean, he, he could have had, I don't know, he could have had ten sacks, you know, ten tackles for loss. He's, he's, unbe- he's unblockable right now. So if we follow him around, no single rushes and passing situations against young tackles, like, I think we get those things taken care of. We're in, we're in really good shape. If any one of those three go bad, though, it's going to be a real interesting game. It is. I'm looking forward to it. The Packers are, are favored by one point so far, and that's a one-point favorite on the road. So it tells you kind of what Vegas is feeling like this game, Week 5 action, Monday Night Football. Mike, fantastic stuff. Uh, what are you working on on the podcast that we ought, we ought to be on the lookout for? Yeah, check out on my blog. We do a Packers preview show tomorrow. So if you're a Raiders fan, we'll be breaking down Raiders tape all day tomorrow. So check that out on the uh, Process to Perform channel on YouTube, or you can check that out on the Believe Network anywhere you get your podcast. You can hit me up, MikeWall68, on Twitter if you want to know more about it. Yeah, it's, uh, listen, you know, this is the best time of year, man, talking football. You can talk football Saturday to Tuesday, or Tuesday, <laughs> Thursday to Tuesday now. It's fantastic. So yes. I, 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 lo- I love this time of, this time of year. Yeah, we do as well, and, and we love having you on to, to break it down like you did, man. We definitely appreciate you. Great stuff, and we'll be talking soon. Sounds good. Have a good one. All right, brother. There he goes. Mike Wall, former NFL offensive lineman, spent a long time in the league blocking for some really good quarterbacks. And uh, there you go, his show on my block and block party podcast. If you want to get the preview, look, they're breaking down film of the Raiders. So if you want to kind of go down uh, behind enemy lines and, and check out what they're talking about and, you know, how the Raiders match up with the Packers, that's uh, that's that's good. That's good, uh, like, education, right? It's good, good homework to do. So we definitely appreciate Mike and his time. 2.46 is the time, as a matter of fact. When we come back, We'll get some calls. We'll get some texts. We'll close out hour number one just like that. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Many thanks to Mike Wall, former NFL offensive lineman. Joined us in the last segment. Talk all things Packers. 
That's just preview number one. We'll do it and continue to do it throughout the course of the week and get ready for Monday Night Football. Uh, excited about the opportunity to be back in Allegiant Stadium for some Week 5 action. We've got Adam Hill from our sister station ESPN Las Vegas and also the Las Vegas Review Journal joining us at the top of the hour. But right now, let's go out to the phone lines at 702-365-9200. Let's talk to a very, very patient Robert from Portland. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, Robert? Yeah, hey Q. Um, I think they should stick with the draft approach. Um, okay, it's it's absolutely necessary because of the predecessors doing so badly on drafts. I am not going to give up on Byron Young. I think he's just going through you know some issues. Mm-hmm. But Tyree, if they hadn't had Tyree, you can imagine if Caldwell. I mean, Chandler had you know been out and they didn't draft Tyree. I mean, can you imagine that? Man, yeah, that's a good point. That's a really good point. So, Trey Tucker's my hope. He was my hope three weeks ago when you asked us. Uh, I like Bennett right now, but Tucker's got to start getting a little bit more, you know. Yeah. A little more touches. I, I really like his speed. Yeah, I do too. I do too. Thanks for the call, Robert. Good stuff. And yeah, uh, Trey Tucker and that speed, again, you can't teach that. There's certain things that you just can't teach. Like Max Crosby and, and his energy and his engine, you can't teach that. You either got that or you don't. Right, You can't make a lazy person have energy. You just can't, no matter how much you try. And believe me, I've tried in my life. I've tried to add some fuel to the fire for plenty of people. They just, if they're just not cut like that, they're just not cut like that. It's the same thing with speed. You can't teach it. You can go and try to get a little bit faster, shave a second off here, shave a second off there. Look, you're either fast or you're not. Trey Tucker's got it. DeAndre Carter's got it. I would love to see the Raiders offensively start to use that speed that they have to their advantage. Right? I mean, look, it's the Raiders. The Raiders are about speed. Right? They've got to go and get some of that. They need to go and ask the Dolphins, hey, can we borrow some of your speed? Because right now the Dolphins are, they are, I mean, they are flying all around the field. And I know they just took a pretty bad L to the Bills, but they're still a really damn good team. <laughs> so, and they've got a whole lot of speed. As far as, you know, going and just using the draft approach, I, I agree. I think that that is the way to get it done. But until you see. This staff or any other staff that's under the silver and black umbrella get it done through the draft, we can't say that that's going to be the right way. So that's going back to what passionate Raiders said is that, you know, the Raiders need to figure out how to do it the right way. And nobody knows what the right way is until it's actually been done and proven that, hey, this is, in fact, the right way. Again, I believe building through the draft is the right way to do it. But until I see it, I can't confirm it. All I can do is go with my gut feeling. And sometimes my gut feeling is correct. Sometimes my gut feeling is gas. It's just that simple. I'm glad you brought up the point of, could you imagine if they didn't draft Tyree? Could you imagine where they'd be right now? I mean, I know he hasn't stepped up and performed yet, but, man, not knowing what was going on with Chandler Jones, not knowing that what happened with him was going to happen, could you imagine not having a dude and saying, okay, you got Malcolm Kuntz and others? They, they, they might have already picked up the phone and gone, and go, and get, gone after Randy Gregory. <laughs> they might have had to, right, because they didn't have any options. So uh, Robert brings up a really good point that, I, honestly, I hadn't thought about. Right, I mean, I knew Tyree had been drafted to eventually take that place at Chandler Jones, but I didn't even think about it the way Robert just mentioned it. Could you imagine what would happen if they hadn't drafted uh, Tyree, if they had gone for a Christian Gonzalez, who a lot of us wanted him to go get? I wanted him to go get Devin Witherspoon. Uh, he went number five to Seattle. I thought Christian Gonzalez would make a lot of sense. He's out for the season with a torn labor with the Patriots, even though he shined. Could you imagine if they went with the corner and didn't have any kind of guy there with expectations to be that dude? 
That's a great point, Robert. Thank you for that call. That's fantastic stuff. We definitely appreciate you. Keep that feedback coming at 69187, keyword R&R. And, of course, when we don't have a guest, you could always call us at 702-365-9200. Do the question out there with the Broncos. Release of Randy Gregory. What do you think? Should Dave Ziegler pick up the phone and at least kick the tires on him, see if he's got a little something-something that maybe could provide some juice, or go with the guys that they have? They've got Malcolm Coons. They're trying to develop Tyree Wilson. right? They've got guys. They just haven't stepped up and really complimented Max Crosby yet. What would you like them to do? Again, not saying that they have to, not pounding the table for them to do it, just asking your thoughts on what you think they should do, if that should be somebody that they're thinking about. Adam Hill, he joins us next as we kicked off hour number two of the show. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. And thank you so much for listening to the podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness here on LVSportsNetwork.com, brought to you by Porta Subs.